everybody, you did one hell of a job. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! It's Talking Boys with the Boys. Cowboys familiar. What's up? This is Talking Boys with the Boys, and we're back again with some of that Cowboys fuego. But first, a little business. Please take a minute to share and subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review wherever you find this pod. Five stars and a couple of sentences on why you love this pod would be greatly appreciated. And now, the conglomerate, the panel of homies. I'm your host, Adam Y., along with my co-host, Mark D., also known as the great-great-great-grandson of John Henry, Doc Holliday. Dylan Wilson, a.k.a. Playoff Mode Dylan Wilson. This is Andres, a.k.a. Dreezy. And I'm Bob Sturm, and I'm just hanging out with these dudes. I'm from The Athletic and from The Ticket in Dallas. Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, after dropping another 50-burger night to end the regular season finale where records were broke and while Dak was down by the creek walking on water, Big Mike said, Nick Seriani, you look like somebody just walked all over your grave. <laughs> Mike's post-game Mike's post message to the Cowboys players, we've been talking about this since April. We're here. We're right here where we need to be. Our starting line starts when we fucking touch down in Dallas. It's going to get real, and we're ready. In other words, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? I'm your huckleberry. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Say when. I see a red sash. I kill a man wearing it. So run, curse. Run! Tell all the other curse the life coming. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! It's playoff time, boys. Let's go. Playoff time. Yeah, heck yeah, man. All right, Mark. Well, hit us with some Cowboys news, dog. What's good, Cowboys Nation? Look good, feel good, feel good, pod good. Let's go licking for dinner, boys. Dak and our boys strolled into the link and delivered a simple yet powerful message to the rest of the league in the form of three words. I'm your Huckleberry. On a night where Mr. Prescott collected his record-breaking 37th touchdown pass this season, we dared the Eagles to say when, then we offensively backhanded him to the final score of 51-26 to while sweeping the NFC East and collecting our crown as division champs. Mm. On to the news. It was reported Cowboys DC Dan Quinn went through a mock interview process to prep OC Kellen Moore last week for his interview with Jacksonville, which lasted a reported uh, about two hours. Head coach Mike McCarthy was quoted referring to a lockdown of sorts the Cowboys are Im- implementing to avoid COVID, ex- COVID exposure, saying, we want healthy momentum going into next week. It's the momentum chase we're after. We don't care who we play. This is about us. Eminem also stated that some players were already staying at a lockdown hotel at the Star in Frisco to prevent further COVID diagnosis, and he expects the rest of the team to do so heading into the wild card weekend. It was reported Keanu Neal suffered an arm injury, of which the exact severity is not known at this time, test pending. Man, that linebacker room is looking a little like LeBron's hairline. Sorry, Dylan. Thin and non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, we have our bitch. I mean, our opponent for the first round. We're officially the number three seed in the NFC playoffs, and our wild card opponent is 
the San Francisco 49ers. These two storied franchises will meet in the playoffs after having split the last six meetings in Dallas dating back to the year 2000. Like Dak said, boys, the real shit starts. And like Wyatt said, from now on, we see a red sash, we kill the man wearing it. Back to you, BB. Hey, all right, all right. Hey, man, well, let's get a, a quick recap of the regular season finale, boys versus the Eagles. And we'll just keep it short and simple, man. Your thoughts, Bob? Well, you know, uh, the Eagles kind of didn't roll anybody out there. And so from the general standpoint of just getting done what you need to get done, get sharp, get uh, the offense looking good again, uh, I, I thought overall they got their work in, they stayed healthy, and so overall – I don't think uh, anybody should read just a whole lot into that. But at the same time, uh, it's it's definitely nice to get the downfield passing game going again. That's probably where I would start and stop it. Because, honestly, the Eagles didn't play a single player on their team, really. And that's, that's, <laughs> yep. it's not Dallas's fault. But, it, you know, I, I think you have to pretty much, uh, you know, evaluate everything through the proper lens. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree, too, man. I mean, that's the kind 50 burgers, man. That's that's the kind of things you do to a, a a team like what the Eagles rolled out, man. You don't play down to your opponent. You go out there and you absolutely kick the, the living crap out of them, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Well, it's just funny thinking back to the start of the season where they're wearing those beat Dallas T-shirts. <laughs> and then they get a forty burger, and a fifty burger dropped on them. I know it was the mm-hmm. backups and everything, but we played them with the starters and basically did the same thing. So I'm feeling good. It was my wife's birthday. We whooped their ass on her birthday. Happy birthday! So yeah, I, I'm feeling good. And uh, yeah, forget the Eagles, man. Fuck them. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, like Bob said, I I'm I'm not taking too much away from this game. Like um, yeah, as far as notes, I only wrote down half a page of notes instead of my usual two or three because I don't want to dwell on the game. I mean, we saw what we saw. We're happy with what we saw for the most part. You know, uh, you know, Dak got his record great. Zeke got his thousand good. Uh, to me, the offense looked really good. Schultz, Cedric Wilson, you know, in particular. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the offense looked. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, oh, we did this, we did that. Because, I mean, for one thing, we're supposed to do that. And two, yep. like you said, I mean, the, the Eagles really tried it out there second and third stringers, not our fault. We did what we had to do, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, they had a couple of first stringers sprinkled in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, you know, I mean, just, you know, it was, it was a good win, mm-hmm. but more, more than stats, I just wanted to see some good execution. And yep. that's what we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely way to end the, the, the regular season finale for sure. Uh, you know, no, I mean, from that game, man, we, we all saw what we were looking at. You know, I mean, there was a few things that we were getting text messages about. People were kind of panicking about certain things. Um, <laughs> there were. Bob, <laughs> we had guys yeah. saying um, our, our guy, Kelvin Joseph, should have took notes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, I mean, honestly, the uh, the fragility of the Cowboys uh, fandom right now is 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 uh, right where it always is, which is uh, we're not happy unless we're complaining about everything. And so exactly. I, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. I get I get the routine. I also get why I turn my mentions off on Twitter during game day because <laughs> Welcome to the club, brother. <laughs> it's a pretty unstable bunch these days. There's no doubt. Cowboys fans, we eat ourselves, man. We we just, you know, cannibalize each other, to be, to, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, you know, you take your defensive player of the year off of the field and your run defense isn't going to be what it was. Okay, Thanks. I'm not giving it a pass, but I am giving it a, it's somewhat of an excuse. It was a disappointment to see some of those things. But at the same time, I wasn't sitting there going, man, this looks piss poor. I wasn't saying that. You know, <laughs> I was sitting there going, 
disappointed, but I mean, Mike is pretty important to what we do. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how, how good he is. We talk about, you know, everything that he, that, he's, that he is for this defense. And then you take him off there and you got some people that are like going, oh, man, we're going to the playoffs looking like this. You're like, hey, chill, man, chill. Yeah. Calm down, man. And then you on the offensive end, we saw rub routes. I hadn't seen that, in, uh, you know, on the offensive Finally. end. From a, you know, from a, from a concept <laughs> standpoint. You know, not a scheme uh, standpoint, but a concept standpoint, which is different mm-hmm. than schemes. Mm-hmm. It looks like, you know, and that, that right there, though, doesn't surprise me. We didn't see those rub routes a little early in the season because that's something you have to be really good with and not to look like you made a pick, like you said, a, you know, you set a screen at the top of the, the key for somebody to hit a three, like Jarwin. Um, don't do that, man. <laughs> Come on, man. That Cedric Wilson up the left sideline, I was like, please don't do that again, man. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, from that aspect of it, I liked it. I mean, I wasn't really looking at who was on the other end or the other side. I mean, that kind of goes back. I, I'm going to, you know, say a bad name here, but it kind of goes back to the JGZ days, right? Nameless, yeah. faceless opponent. Just go out there, execute, do what you're supposed to do, and it'll take care of itself. It has, so. yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, one of the big things to me was <laughs> definitely Dak's mechanics, man. He looked really good. His throwing yeah. motion, his trajectory, release point, launch angles, weight distribution. And that's what, it, I, that's what I needed to see from QB1, man. You know what I mean? And, and most of all, confidence, man. It looked good. He really did, man. 37. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, transitioning into that, man, I just want to know. Y'all give me y'all's thoughts on Dak's record-breaking night. And I'll start with you, Bob. Well, I mean, geez, it's five touchdowns, so we we, we probably shouldn't sneeze at anything. Say it to me again, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and say it slower. Say it slower. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, it's single game and uh, single season. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's historic from a Cowboy standpoint. I know that was a great chance for uh, everybody to get all excited about uh, – Comparing him and Romo again, which of course Ooh. is another reason to mute. Romo fans are coming Doesn't stop. Day. Doesn't <laughs> stop. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, the, the biggest takeaway for me when you look at that and when you look at him this season would simply be uh, here is the uh, you know best statistical uh, quarterback season uh, in Cowboy history, and yep. yet and yet for the last six weeks uh, the talk has been about he's been in a slump. And I think both can be true, but I also think that probably demonstrates the uh, the standard and and the uh, expectations for this guy that, that you can have a better statistical season than anybody who's ever worn the uniform, and yet uh, it can it can be perceived as he's not playing that well. And so you know that that should probably tell us where the bar is, and, and perhaps how silly the bar is at times. Is that uh, uh, you know you would think a record breaking year would be uh, nothing but uh, roses and uh, puppy dogs, but uh, but apparently it's 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 not. It's been uh, perceived as uh, man, he's really he's really struggling and having a tough time. So it's you know it, it goes with the territory for forty million a year, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, the devil's in the details sometimes with some of those things too, Bob, yep. you know, because look, I'm, I'm a Dak lover. All right. I consider him an elite quarterback. I just criticize him with that thought process. I got to repeat right. that because people, right. people don't understand that when you say that enough. Right. Yep. But I'm also a Romo stand at the same time. So it's kind of hard to be both. Right. But, <laughs> but when I, but when I look at some of these things and you can make comparisons, cause I had my phone blowing up about defending Romo. Cause I'm like, man, y'all just give it to Dak. Just, just slow down, give him his praise, say what he is, say what he just did tonight. Oh, yeah, right. well, he did it with this and this less a game or games, how many games. I don't give a shit, you know, and they're saying this about Romo. I'll say this, when Romo was playing, I mean, there, there was a change. The rules seem like they change every year to benefit the offense. We can all agree on that, right? Yes. You know, and, 
Sometimes you know, a kid. It, I'm, I'm almost 50. Uh, it's, it's always been that way, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, but that's what, you know, it, it's for the, for the benefit of, of, you're almost 50, man. I feel like I'm not the oldest one here now. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So when I talk about Romo, though, you know, when he was playing, we all remember Romo peeling himself off the, off the turf after getting creamed. Right yep. now, you can't do that to quarterback. So just to defend Romo a little bit with that. And, you know, there are some things with the offensive the defensive end where it benefits the offense a little bit more from this end. So, I mean, when you look at the numbers sometimes, you could be in a mini off slump and still throw 37 touchdowns. It's, totally. it's possible, you know? So. Totally. Yeah. But, I, you know, first of all, I, I enjoyed Romo's work as well. I just – I don't understand why it does have to be one or the other. It doesn't make sense. Seriously, I agree with you, Bob. And and I also, you know, I also think that uh, uh, in an effort to make Tony uh, look better, Uh I think a lot of people kind of take a dump on his entire crew and the entire team he played with. And I will say from 07 to 09, uh, very few quarterbacks ever get to play on a team that talented. And people, people act like uh, his teams were garbage. You can say that about like mm-hmm. 11 and 2012 and maybe to a certain extent 2013. But, dude, 2007 to 2009, that team Thank should you. have won a Super Bowl. That team Thank had you, Bob. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. That team had the number one defense. They had more sacks than any team in the NFL for those three years. They had uh, dynamic offense. They had all pro offensive linemen at at least three spots. And people act like Romo was out there by himself. And I'm just yep. like, come on. I yep. love the guy. I mean, he, he had 2,000-yard receivers in Terry Glenn and Terrell <laughs> Owens, didn't he? <laughs> and that and was, he went to Miles Austin, who in turn became a 1,000-yard receiver. That, yes. o, that 07 team is one of the best teams in NFL history that never won anything. I mean, yeah. uh, think about yeah. that. Put together the best teams that never won even one playoff game. And the 2007 Cowboys have to be right there on that list. 13 mm-hmm. Pro Bowlers. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I was I was happy for Dak to get his record. I was I wasn't happy seeing him there into the early fourth quarter because at halftime I I tweeted that he should come out, but you know that's fine. He he got his record. I am happy for him. Dak is my quarterback. But speaking of Romo and Dak, uh, I was I was actually going to bring up later a tweet mm-hmm. that actually Bob put out uh, Saturday. He said, and it, it it just caught my attention. Romo guys are the ones who trash Dak to prop up their guy. That ain't me, Daddy. I have respect for them both. And I just remember back in 2016, a lot a lot of my personal friends who are Cowboy fans, they just had like a hate for Dak, like a like a serious hate because he took he he took their their hero spot and I was just like I I just I just I just didn't get that. Like man, like this is the guy now. Like we saw Romo at that for what? Maybe 10 years at that point. Like yeah. Like his yeah. body's broken down. <laughs> like his, yeah. his his body's broken down, you know? Yeah, like Dak absolutely. is the guy now. And that hate still lasts to this day, six years later. They really do. The same guys that they were putting a gun to his head and wanting to blow his brains out are now going, Man, I wish I had my Romo back. You're Romo. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, oh my god! I used Out to get the fist fights with yeah. you about him, man. Yeah, yeah dude, it's yeah. it's pretty nutty because yeah, the, the the number one thing for Romo's popularity that really really helped was his retirement. Uh, like he he when he was playing, he wasn't as popular as he was when he left, and and mm. that's that's just the a meritocracy. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I, you know, again, I'm from Wisconsin. And so uh, I'll just uh, confess to you that uh, originally I loved the guy because 
uh, I can't, I couldn't believe my home state produced a starting NFL quarterback. And so uh, it was, it's, it's pretty, if you're from Texas or California, that's no big deal. If you're from Wisconsin, that's an extremely big deal. And so yeah, uh, right. I will just tell you, I've, I've always had Romo's back, but um, I, I will say that uh, it's nobody's fault. It just happened that his body uh, could no longer do anything by about the end of 2014. And so yeah. all that in 15, Absolutely. We saw it at 16 again. People wanted to put him back out there, but I, I you know, yeah. I, I think uh, we've we've certainly gone over this a million times, so I won't relitigate the past. But it's just it's just crazy to me that it was like uh, Romo versus the world for a lot of fans. Yes, and, and then it turned into basically a uh, dad divorced mom, and this is his new girlfriend. His dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, his, hey, I don't his care. prettier I'm, girlfriend. I don't care how nice she is to me. I'm not going to like her because he he kicked mom out, and and it, it just it just turned into that. And so for the last five or six years. Uh, anything Dak doesn't accomplish goes right back to that bias where people just don't want to accept him as the new guy. And that may never happen until he can get to an NFC title game or maybe a Super Bowl. And, and even then, I suppose, uh, we'll have to hear that Romo could have done it better. But uh, it's, it's it, you know, it, 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 it all comes with yeah. the dinner when you go 25 years uh, mm-hmm. in the wilderness like the Cowboys well, does. And you know what, Bob? I think the way it ended there, too, you know, benefited Romo. Because what do we all love in sports? I mean, we all love Rudy. We all love the underdog. Yeah. Right? He, yes. I mean, yes. when he goes he goes from the asshole starlet who's vacationing before the playoff games to, oh, my poor Romo. We hope he gets his job back. He's the underdog. Look, he's giving a speech. You know what I mean? Like, And, and it's like, we love Romito. And you're like, yeah, yeah. seriously, man? Like, yeah. yeah. Bob, do you think if Romo could have gone out more on his own terms, like maybe like a little fair farewell tour do you think his fans would have been able to easily to, to more easily cope with him not being the quarterback you know instead of basically as they see it you know Dak took his job and then and, and that they just kicked Romo out yeah maybe and it's still kind of weird that uh remember Witten had you know like uh like uh, the the official ceremony at the Royal Palace uh, when he left, and Romo really didn't. Romo's whole goodbye was this CBS uh, uh, TV job, and like mm-hmm. Mavericks had him out to run in uniform one night. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then, you know, like the Cowboys never had an official, you know, honor and goodbye, which which made it all the more awkward as I think Jones is trying to pull strings to get CBS to hire him. So he doesn't end up as the quarterback of like the Houston Texans. It was all that, that whole yeah. spring of 2017 was just botched uh, and, and, and just handled really poorly. Yep. And but his last pass was a touchdown. At least his last Eagles, pass was a touchdown. It was a touchdown. Eagles. I mean, I mean, that, that, that was a nice moment. No, they got him out of there as quickly as possible before anyone touched him. And uh, yep. he, 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 before his old brittle ass fell apart, yeah, into a thousand pieces again. I don't know. I, I like the guy, but I, I almost put this on. You know, back to back to Jerry, just handling it mm-hmm. about as poorly as he possibly could. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, here on this show, Bob, we like to give our players flowers before they end up like Romo. So what we're gonna do right now is hit the off top rant of the day. Dylan, hit us with the facts. Uh, flowers is the perfect way to set this up because this week it's not going to be a rant or anything like that. It's just going to be a lot of praise for Dak because I want to put it in the proper context of these 37 touchdowns because this seriously blows my mind thinking about everything Dak had to go through to get to this point. First was losing his mother to cancer. 
just seriously, take a moment to think about how earth-shattering that would be. And it didn't stop him from leading Mississippi State to their first ever number one ranking in school history. And go back and look at that roster. They had no business being there. His rookie year, he was thrown to the fire on a weekly basis. Had Tony Romo, local media, the ownership all breathing down his neck. And he led the Cowboys to 13 wins and one rookie of the year. In 2020, he got franchise tagged. And it felt like they slighted him. Like they were taking yep. his contributions for granted. Still, he followed that up by playing out of his mind until a defender fell on the back of his leg and snapped his ankle. His first reaction was to try to pop it back into play so he could get back in the game. It's kind of easy to see why Cowboys fans were crying with him. And while rehabbing, going through one of the darkest experiences of his life, he loses his brother to suicide. Any normal person would have folded under those circumstances, but not Dak Prescott. Soon after, the Cowboys finally paid him, but there was this pressure to live up to the contract while having legitimate concerns whether he'd even be the same player he was before the injury. He responded by leading the Cowboys back to the playoffs and breaking the team record for passing touchdowns in a single season. Do the people listening fully comprehend how insane that is? His body was broken. His heart was heavy. The weight of the world was crashing down on him, and you would have still been a fool to bet against him because that's just the type of person Dak Prescott is, and there is no other human being I would rather have leading my team. As someone who battles mental health on a daily basis, the example he sets goes so far beyond football, and he truly embodies the mantra, pressure is a privilege. So, Dak, if you somehow ever hear this, on behalf of all Cowboys fans, thank you. And I'm sorry about some of those other other fans, you know. (laughs) 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 My apologies, man. There you go. Yeah, man. Way to roll out the the carpet for that one to call the rain. Let's go. That was nice. That was nice. Yes, sir. Dak for help, baby. Dak for help. Heck yeah, yeah, man. All right. Well, I have a couple of questions for you guys, man. Uh, One of the questions I do have is, did this offense find its mojo again? And are you a believer in the momentum theory? And do you see this carrying over into the postseason? Well, you know, I, I think the offense is still probably uh, going to have to feel good about itself on a big stage. And I assume that has to happen in the playoffs. It could have happened perhaps on January 2nd against the Cardinals. That was a pretty big stage. But uh, I, I don't know that they're going to capture anything in these divisional games down the stretch that's going to be super meaningful because, uh, you know, they've got some scars. Uh, they've got some scars that uh, need to heal over. And, and you know, look, it's great to accomplish a lot of these things. Uh, nobody's uh, suggesting otherwise. But, but I, would, I would argue that uh, the first, you know, three and out and uh, maybe the first uh, fumble or something like that on Sunday, uh, there's going to be some questions asked. And, the, you know, these guys are going to have to prove that they can handle them. I, I've always liked Dak's mental uh, toughness. But I, I have been a little concerned uh, of some of these games like Thanksgiving and uh, the Cardinals game where, where when they start down a wrong path, uh, they, they look like they're having a hard time correcting it. So do I believe in momentum? Yes, I do in game. But no, I don't from a Saturday night in Philadelphia to uh, the wild card round. So uh, I don't think they carry over week to week, especially if you're playing the Eagles JV into the 49ers. So, Ooh, okay. Uh, so I, I, I will say, uh, hey, scoring 50 is way better than not. But yep. uh, but but I don't think the 49ers will will uh, cancel their trip here 
uh, because they saw what happened. <laughs> <laughs> be a daisy if you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's different philosophies towards different things, right? You know, like in college, uh, my college coach used to regularly let us tune up our, our, our practice squad before big games. But at the same time, some of these things do transfer for over. And I got what you're saying exactly, Bob. I mean, from a Saturday night of meaningless game into, you know, nothingness. And even Dak said at the end of the game, you know, the shit starts, you know, basically the shit starts now. But to get the rhythm they, that they got on offense made me as a fan feel better, just even if it's, if it's faux, if it's fake, just going into the situation. Because if we would have beat that backup squad by 10, I wouldn't feel this good going into that, mm-hmm. you know? So, yep. and then the, the defensive end, I mean, look, man, I, I don't, J-Ron is that good, guys. He has 98 tackles and he leads this really good defense, top five, top three Turn. defense in tackles for a reason. And it's not just because he's a safety. He's more of a linebacker hybrid that comes to the line of scrimmage. Me, myself, I mean, I talked to my brother about this. I was equating him, you know, to Kyle Hamilton. I was like, well, shit, I can knock that off my wish list because I got J-Ron Curse. You know, so to me, that's a really important piece of this puzzle. And they rest, we rest players because they're important. You rest players because you can't do without them sometimes. I mean, minus Micah having COVID, things like that. So when I look at the defense, I'm like, well, I mean, it looked good. You know, whatever. I mean, run defense, whatever. But you hold anybody to 20, and that's a good thing. You know, apart from the panicking that was going on by text message, right, bro? Uh, <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but, I mean, it just – you can take a few things from this because tuning somebody up, uh, what, three games, we did lose the one in the middle, but we tuned two people up by 50 heading into the playoffs. I feel a lot better than if we were still having the same issues we were four or five games ago. You know? Yeah, facts, man. Well, to that point, Mark, I mean, when it, the overall view and momentum uh, uh, aspect of it, I do get it. But, hey, guys, the Cowboys scored 523 points this season, a team mark. The record had been 479 in 1983 in a 16-game season. The Cowboys were averaging 30.8 points per game this season compared to 29.9 points per game in 1983. So they were still doing they were still doing things, man. You know what I mean? In my opinion. So uh it was it was it was some of them fans who wanted to see more, who wanted to that's, see 40 burgers and, and 50 burgers every night. <laughs> and that's not bad for an offense without a foundation, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to that, man. Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm actually a big believer in momentum when it comes to sports and actually when it comes to life. I mean, you can't get to step five without, you know, at least at least hitting step two first, you know. So we we we, we all want to see this offense, you know, progress, look crisp. And that's exactly what they did. I don't care against. I, I don't care who it was against. You know, we we actually did see some things. We saw Cedric looking real nice as our number three. We, you know, we saw Schultz catch two touchdowns. You know, we saw Zeke. You know, they forced him the ball fine. I mean, you know, he he looked decent. And at this point, that's basically the best we can expect out of Zeke. He's never he's never going to be the Zeke that we all you know know and love. But he's going to be at least decent, and pretty much that's what we're going to need if we want to go far in the playoffs. So. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm actually a big believer in momentum. And I mean, what's the alternative? I mean, we scored 24 points against Philly. And, and like Mark said, we, we barely win by like a last second field goal. I mean, I, I, I would much rather score 51, look good. And then, you know, let's, let's, let's look good, feel good. Baby. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go into the Hell next yeah. week. Dylan? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a LeBron fan, I don't know how I cannot believe in momentum. <laughs> <laughs> and Andreas, I, I know you remember this because LeBron went yeah. down three one to to your you know your secondary team, the Warriors, and you know 
they they went oh, they went they racked off team. they racked off three in a row and won the championship. So how can you not believe in momentum, man? But in terms of the, yeah. the context of this question, uh, yeah. I'm not sure this did much for our momentum because it was the backups and everything. More important mm-hmm. for me is I wanted to see them establish good habits like getting away from the wide receiver screens and pass down the field and get the middle of the field involved. And they did all that. So going into the playoffs, I I think we have momentum going in the direction of doing the right things. And it's going to put position to give it to the 49ers when the time comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Secondary team. I'm I'm dead. And I do do feel that Dylan, like beating the shit out of your little brother doesn't do anything when you're about to go wrestle your big cousin. You know what I mean? Right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Hey, Bob, is Seth Wilson a better fit as a wide receiver three than Gallup is in, in this offense? Good question. Uh, you know, it's 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 not the worst theory in the world at all. And uh, while I think we should probably not get too far over our skis in uh, making that case, I you know I do think uh, the the thing about Wilson is I think he's more of a of a slot type, and I think C.D. Lamb is probably the best you're going to find there. So the reason Gallup fits so well is he's kind of a kind of a Z receiver that you might not, not necessarily to compare him to Elvin Harper, but I, I, I do think there's a, a guy to run goes and deep shots and, and just sort of loosen things up vertically so that uh, Cooper and, and Lamb can kill it underneath. But since we do live in a salary cap world, um, I, you know, I, I thought Gallup pre ACL, especially mm-hmm. coming off a thousand yard season had a real chance to do one of those, you know, four for 40 type deals. And he was going to be way out of the Cowboys budget unless they said goodbye to Omari Cooper, which is an insane idea. And yes. so, and so Wilson made more sense budgetary wise, but then the ACL goes and I kind of think Wilson might get better offers than Gallup this off season. So Ooh. I, 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 su- I, I suppose I could have just answered the question way more simply, but I never do. Yeah, that. That a, I love that. Bob. I love it. Yeah. yeah and I would just right. say that Gallup might be uh Way easier to keep right now, which is a bummer for him, but maybe better for the 2022 team. Well, for me, yeah. man, when I look at what the responsibilities are in the offense, the, the coaching staff has more faith in Michael Gallup than they do with said, than said Wilson, just based on the positioning, guys. Look, you don't put him at the X receiver because you don't think he can do certain things. I mean, that's Dez's old position. And, and said runs the Z, the Z position, which is kind of like Patrick Creighton. So when you're looking at him, you're kind of looking at Patrick Creighton 2.0 versus light Dez. Right. In, in the comparisons. I mean, to me, Gallup, man, is a special type of receiver, man. I mean, we get kind of enamored with the chemistry that said and Dak have. And when I'm watching the game, that's kind of what kicks into me when I see all these completions to him or when I see him beating somebody on a route or when I see these other things. As far as a mismatch type nightmare, Gallup is it. Let's all not forget. He, he caught a touchdown when he tore his ACL. You yep, know what I mean? Yep. Then he came back Facts, in bro. mossing dudes on the sidelines still. I mean, then there was that Saints game where he did old boy in in the corner. I mean, he he came back and started doing his thing again. You know, there were some drops, though. Don't get me wrong. We had chest-catching uh, Gallup out there, but we're not used to seeing that, and I think he was just not trusting himself as much. In the, in the pre-agency, though, aspect of this, I think Bob's right. I think said, you know, worked himself into getting some pretty nice offers in, you know, in the offseason. Let me see, what are, what are his numbers? You got Wilson finished the regular season with career highs across the board. 45 catches for 602 yards and six touchdowns, as mm. well as 11 punt returns for 36 yards and 
three for three pass attempts on gadget plays. He's now five for five in his career, guys. That's a weapon you can't just say, well, he can throw the ball sometimes. Shit, that mm-hmm. one game, what, two or three games ago? Mm-hmm. It wasn't too much of a stretch to say he might have had the best throw of the game. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, nah, dude. Yeah. Wide, hey, wide receiver three slash uh, QB two. Let's go. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Dylan? Yeah, I, I think March has killed it, man. Uh, I think a lot of people take Michael Gallup for granted. He's our Facts. go-route guy, our end-on our fake-route guy, and he's probably best toe-drag sideline guy in the whole league. Cedric doesn't really replicate that so much, but uh, he does bring a lot to the offense, especially, as Mark said, the chemistry he has with Dak. And you see see in big moments, a lot of times they go to Cedric Wilson. I think that has a lot to do with the trust that Dak has in him. And Cedric has really good hands. And uh, I think he brings a lot to the offense. And losing Michael Gallup hurts, especially because you can't really replicate what he does. But Cedric Wilson, in terms of the gadget plays and, and playing in the slot, he allows the wide receivers to be more versatile and play more positions. And, yeah, man, I, I think we'll be able to mitigate the loss, so to speak, with Cedric in there. Absolutely. Andres? Yeah, I mean, I, guys, I, I said months ago, I said about two months ago that I was I, when, when Gallup was still out, that I was actually ready to see Cedric as our number three. I was already, I was already mentally preparing myself next year that Cedric was going to be our number three because I, I just knew that, that Gallup wasn't going to be back. So, yes. I mean, I've, I've actually been ready to see Cedric, you know, step up and take that role. And as far as, you know, what Mark and Dylan said, I mean, I think the chemistry that Cedric has with Dak is just off the charts. And, uh, you know, we, we've all seen this on Twitter. You know, uh, Cedric is Dak's Laurent Robinson, you know, like, well, like what Laurent was to mm-hmm. Romo. Mm-hmm. That's what Cedric is to, to Dak. So to me, you know, the, just, with the, just with, this, with this chemistry with Dak and he's shown that, that he can step up in big moments. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally ready to see him. Well, just you know, just go ahead and just take that, that spot. I, I give him, like, because I was there with you about midway through the season, man, but I graduated yeah. from Laurent, man, I think, a little bit. Because okay. because to me, I was there. No, you, and it's a good analysis, man. Great analysis, bro. But the thing for me and is with Laurent, if you remember, he got paid and he kind of faded off. Yeah. Right? Yes. I mean, he, he wasn't really much after he got paid. I don't think that's what, what would happen with said. That boy works, man. I mean, they yep. were talking about him being in the Dak yard, you know, during COVID protocols. He was over mm-hmm. there vaccinating with Dak, you know what I mean? So, what for me, it says a little step up from Loren. But that's a good look, though, because the Tony got Loren paid, and Dak's yeah. doing the same thing for Sed. But I think Sed has a little bit something else that Loren did. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. The, the Dak yard still cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a Dak yard. <laughs> don't we all man don't we all heck yeah all right bob well uh man let's 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 go to the other side of the ball real quick man hey with with quinn uh now a front runner target with fangio fired by denver what is your concern level over potentially losing dan quinn on a scale from one to ten and now that that brian flores is gone zimmerman is gone uh you know from minnesota and, and from miami and and even Nagy out out there in, in chicago so uh, what is your level of concern, man, on, on losing Dan Quinn from 1 to 10? Uh, yeah, I think I think you'd probably have to go pretty strong 7. I, I bet you Quinn's gone, and I bet uh, that's, that's uh, you know, he's he's got to be pretty high on the candidates, at least from the uh, the defensive mind candidate list. I think uh, 
most teams are not looking for defensive guys to be their head coach as much anymore. And I mm-hmm. think that's probably pretty smart. Uh, but but I but I do think I do think Quinn probably makes as much sense as any of the defensive minds who are out there. I also think the Cowboys uh, will be able to uh, find something that can just kind of build off this. Uh, you know, the Rams lost Brandon Staley last year, and they go get Raheem Morris to pretty much kind of just do what Staley was doing. Don't come in here and change much or just uh, keep the train on the tracks. And I think I think the Rams have been pretty happy with that overall. And so mm-hmm. that's what I would be looking for in this particular uh, situation. Quinn's been great. Uh, we all know that uh, they put a lot of things in place. And I think, right. you know, I, I think what we're probably not talking about enough is that a lot of the 2021 rookie draft class that was extremely defensive heavy uh, has not really had the bubble wrap taken off them yet, uh, whether it be the two corners in rounds two and three, whether it be Chauncey Golston, uh, guys further down the draft. I, I, we all know what Micah can do, uh, but, but otherwise that 2021 draft, it almost got completely redshirted, which is pretty wild when you think about it. You know, and I think with that, Big Bro, I mean, we talked about this extensively over the past couple of days about Dan Quinn, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, if it's me, you're right. I mean, hey, Bob, you're right, especially about the defensive coordinator aspect. I mean, there's not many, too many head coaches that are, that are high. I mean, too many organizations that are hiring head coaches as, I mean, defensive coordinators as their head coaches because of the way the NFL. But if I'm Dan Quinn and I got number 11 over there on a rookie deal, I'm looking at him. I mean, Bill Parcells wouldn't, wouldn't have left a young LT. You know, for me, I'm sitting there and I'm going, hey, I got something cheap right here. And then I'm looking at the Marcus Lawrence. I'm like, D-Law, I love you, man. But your contract is an albatross around my neck. And I could get so many different weapons with what I pay you. Okay. So that's, that's what I would be looking at. And then I would be looking at the draft. I mean, Dan Quinn is a mad scientist. He's one of those football guys who loves to get into the draft room and figure shit out when other people weren't thinking about it. He hasn't even yep. had a draft like that yet. You know, he hasn't got to do that yet. For me... If it's me, and I agree with you, Bob, but if it's me, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to get my numbers up for two or three years, maybe with the Cowboys, because this defense, look what it is right now. And this is just a year removed about be, from being the, the worst thing in the NFL. Imagine what it could be with a little bit of time. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to, I'm going to play nice. I'm going to, hey, Kellen Moore, let me help you with that interview, bro. Pat you on the ass and help you out real quick. And, <laughs> yes. hey, I'm going to, that, that lets every organization in the NFL know, hey, I'm a team player, guys. But in two years, when I have this, revolutionary defense that's dominating the NFL. I'm going to go to Jerry when my contract's up and I go, Hey daddy, how you doing? So uh, what would you like to pay me to be the head coach here? Not where you give me the job. What would you like to pay me to be the head coach here? Because if you don't, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I'm taking this defense, pretty much the principles that dominate the NFL. I'm going with me. Hey, and then you're going to have to pay Micah here in about a year. So bye. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. That's holding him by the balls, but I I mean, you know, I mean, I just I, – I don't know that that's uh, – with, with, see, we've, we've kind of gone full circle here, and, and I don't know where you guys were with this conversation, but, but there was a time in early October where people had lost their minds so much that they thought Kellen Moore should just take Mike McCarthy's job uh, rather than lose him. Mm-hmm. And I think the year has proven that Kellen Moore is, uh, is, is only like a sophomore – uh, in, in college in terms of, uh, you know, being a full graduate student who's uh, ready for a head coaching job. I think Kellen Moore, to me, is a nice coordinator, but I also think he's got a ton to learn, especially in terms of running uh, an NFL room and just, you know, 
kind of being the final voice. Whereas Quinn, I'll be honest with you, he's been a DC on a Super Bowl champion. He's been a head coach on a Super Bowl team. He's done it all. You're you're right. He could probably get the same money with Dallas. And and yeah, this is a young defense that's going a lot of places. But I think he falls under the heading of dude. There are 32 jobs in this world where you're running the whole thing, and it's your team, and it's 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 your deal. He's 51 years old. He's he's obviously put himself back in a position where he's one of the 32 best football minds on the planet. And he's got to see. Well, there's five or six jobs open. Many of them want to interview me right now. Uh, many of them aren't that far away from being contenders themselves. Like, like from a Cowboys fan, I definitely hear what you're saying. Like, okay, go get them. Okay, you know, have the have the top paid coordinators. Who cares? There's no cap on your coaching staff. Uh, but but I just I assume Quinn is probably like, it isn't money. It's 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 the ability to to be the to have that title. To, yeah. to be the number one guy on a real NFL contender. And yeah. I, I I love working for Mike McCarthy, but I also know that I'm good enough to be, you know, rivals with Mike McCarthy. And, and that, I, th- I think that's where Quinn is. Whereas, whereas I think Kellen Moore could benefit from three more years of figuring the NFL out before he takes his chance. That's, that's the difference for me. No, I definitely – and I agree with you on that, yeah. that 32 jobs in – there's only 32 of those jobs in the world. And if you Absolutely. get an opportunity to, to get one, no, I got you. <laughs> and I, that's why I said I don't disagree with you. I just I, – I, more if it was me. Yeah. With you, so. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look myself in the mirror for this. I had to look myself you. in the mirror and be like, all right, Dan. All right, Dan. I mean, Mark, what do you want all to right, do, Dan. <laughs> What would you do? <laughs> Heck, yeah. All right, Dylan? Uh, one through ten, I'm, a, I'm at about a five. 50-50, I think he goes, but I'm at about a 10. But he took arguably one of the worst defenses in NFL history and, and turned them into arguably the best for leading the league in takeaways. And now that we got our defensive line back, we are shutting teams down. So uh, I'm definitely scared that he will leave, but he did turn down a coaching job offer and he has a good gig here, guys. Like, not he gets to get all the praise, and whenever the whenever we lose a game or something goes bad, we blame Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're true. right. You're this exactly right. Yeah. Just, and, 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 yeah. and we. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. No, 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 no. You're definitely right. And I think you know, like with last week when I asked KT when I was talking to him, like, hey, do you think he's more in the Wade Phillips mold? Because Wade Phillips went ahead and said, hey, all right, I don't want to be the head of this shit. I'm going to go win a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. You know, like he went yep, ahead yep. And, 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 and just went ahead and went that route. But he might not. I mean, he might be the other route to where it's like, hey, Quinn, you remember what happened in the – okay, never mind. You want that to happen? Okay, never mind. You know, so <laughs> – no, I'm sorry, Dylan. I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. You're good, but uh, let, let's just think about the talent he has. He has two, maybe three, if Randy Gregory didn't get hurt. Uh, three – defensive player of the year candidates on the defense right now they're young you get the build off of them you're gonna have them for years to come and uh, like just think about the legion of boom they had they had richard sherman we kind of have a trayvon Diggs. Uh, they they had a good defensive line with michael bennett in them we have michael parsons tanking them yeah uh, mm-hmm. Ron curse he might not be earl thomas you know but he's a really good safety as well and and like there's a lot of foundation to build on the people in the building love him and I, it would be hard to walk away from, in my opinion. 
Yeah, that's yeah. a bingo. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys, man. I'm, uh, you know what, Dylan? I'm, I'm with you. Just because I want to go fifty-fifty with it, ain't no telling, man. But to, to have your name tied to one of the best players, because, because, I mean, come on now. Everybody says this. Every if, if Micah Parsons is what everybody thinks he's going to pan out to be, and you are the guy, the guy that got him there, then I think in two, three years, hey, man. I mean, you and he's still panning out. I mean, you can go get another head coaching job somewhere else. You're going to get offered, in my opinion. But, right. well, I mean, and, and, and like right. right now, like you said, right? like Bob just said, like right now there, there's only 32 of these things available, man. And if six come around and four of them offer you, that's kind of hard to pass up. But, yeah, I, I'm with Mark, man. I'm, 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 looking, I'm looking at myself in the mirror as Dan Quinn, like saying, man. <laughs> what you well, do? you know, as an, <laughs> as an offensive coordinator, if you get a quarterback that's a stud – and we, yeah. we always hear the, the, the formula. And he was with that formula in Seattle when you four get Russell window. Wilson on a, chi- on a cheap four-year window there that's so you right. can build around him. Well, that's mm-hmm. what Micah is, in my opinion, to this defense. He's that good to where you can kind of build around him, pay other players. And But you're right. I mean, Dan Quinn might be going, yeah, but shit, you see what's going on over there in Jacksonville? They got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, guys, my concern that was probably about a five also. And I usually don't believe coaches whenever they stress – how happy they are uh, in, in their current job. Cause I, I, I mean, I don't, because I, I think coaches are always just trying to look for the next it's job. Maybe coach speak. The yeah. Show. The next, exactly. <laughs> coach speak, you know, but, Bing bong. <laughs> but mm-hmm. for some reason, man, I don't know. It's cause I just don't want to believe it, but I actually do believe Dan Quinn when he says how happy he is and how he's having a good time with these guys. And like Mark said, man, I mean, we got Diggs, we got Parsons, we got a fairly young defense. We got some guys that we know are not going to be there next year. And, you know, but I th- I think they're easily replaceable with other young guys. So, I mean, I, I think Dan Quinn's is can look at this defense and just be like, yeah, we're good now. I can make us even better. And I can make my name that much better, that much stronger in these coaching circles. So, I actually think he stays. All right, man. Well, Man, let's let's transition to the playoffs, man. I know a lot of people want to want us to talk about the playoffs and and, and uh, the game uh, against San Francisco. But before we get there, I want to ask one question: What is that one thing? That one thing we can absolutely hang our hats on when it comes to Kellen Moore and this offense heading into the postseason. Well, I, I I'd like to think that it will be the uh, the play action game. I, I think uh, the Cowboys are a team that uh, get their best passing done when they are threatening you with a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, power runs. And I still think that's a reputation they hold. And mm-hmm. I think we even saw that Saturday night. If you look at a couple of their biggest passes early. It was with uh, Connor McGovern in the backfield. Now, I'm not always saying that. That's uh, that's basically trying to signal to the opponent that we're definitely going to run the ball right here, and then you pull it back <laughs> you know, yep. pass down the field. But that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about right. first and 10, second and 10, balancing out your offense because it gets a lot more difficult, especially against a team like the 49ers who could put a four-man rush together. It's a lot more difficult to pass the ball when they're waiting on it and they got seven dudes in the backfield and all that sort of thing. So I do think the Cowboys still have a very dangerous play action game. And I think that's uh, what they can lean back on to, uh, re- to uh, uh, you know, put their best foot forward in the postseason here. Mark. 
um, Cowboys fans arguing with each other? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. about, we are the one thing we know. That's for life. Is we're, for the offensive <laughs> end, is we'll be arguing with each other. No, um, I mean Bob's right. It's a play action game. You know, I mean. The other day, I mean, I guess this is against backups as well, but there was something out of 11 personnel, we were running the ball pretty well there, you know, against the Eagles out of 11 personnel. That kind of sets up the pass from from that angle. But, I mean, as far as the offense and what we can hang our hat on, oh, man, I don't know, because I'm worried about that stand falling right underneath that hat because I can hang it there, but shit, man, I don't know how long it's going to sit there. (laughs) Um, Cedric Wilson? I don't know, man. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping I, the offensive line and and um, I've been seeing the running game in this this previous game. I mean, there were some holes there given again against backups that we could drive a Mack truck through. And I would have liked to see what Tony Parker could have done. I mean, Tony Parker, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony he Pollard might be able to run too, though. You don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, you don't know, right? You don't know. But He's a honestly, fast Frenchman. Um, what I can hang my hand on would probably be Tony Pollard, to be honest with you. I know what I get out of him every time he gets the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. I agree too, because I felt like sometime, uh, somewhere during the season, we got lost on big play or nothing. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, we weren't leaning on things that got us there. Run game. Uh, you know, the switch from uh, from the Connors, man, and, and, and things of that nature. But I'm with you, man. One thing I can, I can, I think, I think, okay. I think we can get back to physicality where that's where it stems from you know what i mean i think this offensive line if they get back physical you know zeke he he runs physical man he i mean he's hobbling but he's running physical and if yeah. holes open up big enough I'm, I'm with mark tp to the house but yeah that, that's one thing i think we can probably hang our hats on uh heading into postseason y'all alluded to mine for a second and it's uh cedric wilson big moments We've seen it all throughout the year. Whenever we need a big play, whenever we need to convert a fourth down, we put a Cedric Wilson. More often than not, he comes for us. So if yeah. I hang my hat on one thing from this offense, it's that chemistry between that and, and big moment to get the play that needs to be got. Well, you know, the, the third defensive back for the opposing defense doesn't seem to be able to do a thing with Seth. Because remember, the primary two are going to have to be on Amari and CD. That's so the right. third defensive back is, is relegated to take Cedric, and it doesn't look like they're doing much with him. Yeah. Yep. Andreas? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. guys. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think the one thing that, that I honestly think that we can hang our hat on about a Kellen offense is that we really don't know what we're going to see from week to week. I mean, to me. I mean, because <laughs> we we yeah. we don't know if we're going to see twenty wide receiver screens. We don't know if we're going to see Dak throw it fifty times. We don't know if we're going to see them try to run the ball thirty times. We just we don't know if we're going to see offensive line commit five six penalties. Which I mean, that right there is not Kellen's fault, but yeah. we just really don't know. So I, 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 mean, I know I hey, don't want to see literally. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. want to see a wide receiver bunch with McGovern out there ever oh again. That's what I know I don't want. <laughs> Never see. in my life. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. All right, Bob. Well, do you have any key matchups of this game that you're really keen on? Uh, offensively or in general? In general, brother. Either side of the ball. Man, I'll tell you what. I just did a whole week on San Francisco uh, for for my Fox gig because. Uh, uh, Troy and Joe had uh, the 49ers Rams last week, so so we flex dove on into us, the... Bob. What's that? <laughs> I said flex on us, Bob. Well, yeah, flex on us, Troy. I mean, you, hey, you mean Mr. Aikman? <laughs> yeah, yes, Mr. Aikman. I apologize. <laughs> no, nah, but we we haven't done the 49ers all year until this week. Okay, so okay. so so I spent uh, the last week kind of going through 
their roster and uh, just kind of see where they are relative to where they've been because uh, we, we certainly did 49ers games uh, every couple of weeks the last couple seasons. But uh, uh, this year was a little bit lighter for whatever reason. The network just goes that way. And so um, I, I, I wasn't positive uh, their story this season and, and, you know, spent several days digging into it. And I just left as impressed as could be. And I felt like the Niners were going to win yesterday uh, against the Rams. And, and you know, it was, it was one of those deals where, I thought the Niners would win that division when the season started. And then they tanked so badly that mm-hmm. uh, right out of the gates that uh, you're just like, this is a disaster. They got to go to Trey Lance. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Garoppolo's giving them problems. The bottom line is we don't know where they'll be if they ever get great quarterback play. But we do know that just about every other position uh, along the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball is Super Bowl champion worthy. Now, I don't know that you can win a Super Bowl without a without a quarterback that's on that level, but I guess what I'm trying to say is the 49ers, that's not an easy draw by any stretch of the imagination. That's a physical team. That's a yes. well-coached team. Uh, they they get the most out of uh, their, their offense and their defense, and I'm just as impressed as can be. Uh, so, so I, I know most fans are going to say, ah, it's Garoppolo. We'll, we'll, you know, turn him over four times. We'll, we'll make him look like Nick Mullins last year at the Death Star uh, in December. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I certainly enjoy a Cowboy playoff run because uh, it's, 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 it's more interesting and it's something different around here. But I would just say the Cowboys better be ready to. Uh, to have a physical edge about them on both sides. That's right. Go out there and bang, buddy. Yeah, because you're ready to go out there and bang. If that (laughs) offensive line finishes second, like they did against Arizona, uh, against that depleted Arizona front, I'm telling you, Bosa and uh, Arden Key is playing great right now. And, uh, and, and big big Eric Armstead. And I mean, they Greenlaw, Warner, all them. Dude, they got they got a nice front, and they don't need to blitz, and they'll play zones, and they will make you work for everything you get offensively. And I, if I if I were to talk about matchups, it is the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I don't mean the to trenches. Sound, yeah. yeah, I don't mean to sound generic. I don't mean to sound like coach speak, but in this game. The Cowboys offensive line better be ready for a war and the Cowboys defensive line better be ready to deal with a lot of misdirection runs and a lot of Debo Samuel and Elijah mm-hmm. Mitchell. And those 49ers are no joke physically and they will take the battle to you and you better be ready to answer. Uh, Bob, if, if, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, I, I saw another tweet of yours that just caught my eye and um, right. you said it, it's, it's kind of funny that Dallas went from the most risk averse coach to one who doesn't think anything is risky. Can you expand on that well, as far as like exactly what, yeah. what, what, that, what, what that was pertaining to? Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I uh, thought that Jason Garrett was a, uh, a really nice man and a real lousy NFL coach uh, for, for mm-hmm. a big part of his run, uh, part, partly because uh, risk terrified him. And, yes. and, and, and I just think that risk in the NFL is uh, the difference between uh, good years and great years sometimes. Now, it can backfire. That's the thing about risk is, uh, is fans especially only want risk when it works. 
That's not how risk works. Uh, risk is something that you can deal with losing a couple of hands of poker because you, you had a method and you stayed with it. Mike McCarthy uh, has been uh, certainly smeared uh, with the Aaron Rodgers PR campaign for years. And so a lot of people think Aaron, uh, Mike McCarthy is a buffoon. He's not. He's a very smart football man, but a big part of his uh, wisdom is to play risk against other coaches. Take advantage of the small margins going forward on fourth down. Uh, yes, looking for opportunities for gadget plays. And, and yes, at times when he feels like the odds are against him, uh, he will even fake a punt at his own 20-yard line on Thanksgiving last year and, and frustrate mm -hmm. people like, is this guy insane? But uh, no, he's not. He knew that the only way he could win was to try something incredibly risky. And it backfired, and so he looked like a moron. But uh, but I, I I don't think there was anything wrong with his methodology there. And so uh, the Cowboys went from a decade mm -hmm. of being very careful in every situation uh, because Jason Garrett was the type of guy who was never going to blow his fortune uh, on some investment that seemed he was never going to buy crypto. That's way yeah. way too. <laughs> <risky>. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah, know what? Good. He probably had a very smart savings account and grew his money very slowly and deliberately and probably would have a very nice retirement. And I don't blame the guy, but I, yeah. don't, I don't think NFL head coach rewards that type of thinking. I think the NFL head coach has to think, okay, where are the small margins and where can I find an ambush play here or there that might turn this game and in doing so might turn this season. And I'm not saying McCarthy is the riskiest, but I am saying he is not ever scared and so you saw that saturday night where i would have had dak out of there way earlier and mike mm -hmm. mccarthy doesn't agree mm -hmm. mike mccarthy is not ever going to play scared he's never going to freak out that i might get somebody hurt if we play too much football and he's not scared about going for it on fourth down or or uh or trying something that tries have it switch mm -hmm. the percentages and so absolutely you you went mm -hmm. from one uh, and to the other and, and i think a lot of cowboy fans weren't prepared for what that meant. And, and <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. Yeah, everybody absolutely. thinks everybody thinks they want a gunslinger until he throws three interceptions in a game. And everybody <laughs> thinks everybody thinks they want a risky coach uh, until until it backfires and uh, and and that fake punt oh. doesn't work. And so uh, yeah. you know it's 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 a matter of uh, it's it, it's a matter of what you're used to. But I mm -hmm. really think the Cowboys are in a position to rattle some cages in this postseason, partly because they have a really good team, partly because they have a good coaching staff, but partly because their coach is not scared of playing in January and uh, and, and, and having a chance at, at, at a big opportunity. There you have it. There you have it. All mm, right, that was Bob, good. Well, that was great. Before you go, man, uh, yeah. for all the all the listeners out there, well, first of all, we appreciate you blessing us, man, and, and coming on the podcast with us, man. Big fans of what you do with the to the slums. Yeah, <laughs> man, so, it's an yeah. honor, boys. Thank you. Yeah, we 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 absolutely appreciate you coming on, man. Um, but yeah. for all the listeners out there who don't know who Bob Sherm is, yeah, why don't you give them? Why don't you why don't you tell them where they can find you and what you got coming up? 
Um, uh, at Sports Sturm on Twitter, S P O R T S S T U R M is uh, probably where you can find me, and I never shut up on there, so uh, it's, it's <laughs> probably an acquired taste. We might be uh, related. <laughs> you can read me at the athletic uh, i write uh, cowboy stuff on there analysis uh, every day almost it seems and uh and i low-key work for fox although i didn't uh, keep it very low-key there did i uh <laughs> behind the scenes for uh, the great saint troy and, uh, and other than that, uh, the ticket in Dallas, uh, you can find me. So uh, every day from three to seven central, I'm, uh, I'm uh, broadcasting with my friend Corby uh, doing the hard line. There right you on. have it. There you have it, man. Thanks again, Bob. Yeah, yeah boys. It, Bob. My pleasure. Have fun, guys. All right. Um, well, let's, uh, let's, let's keep this key matchups things going, man. Let's, um, uh, Dylan, hit us with your, with your key matchups, brother. Let's go. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm worried in the sense that like they seem to be a pretty good matchup for us. Well, th- we are they we are a good matchup for them, I should say, be- because our weakness all year has been our rush defense. They're a great rushing team, yeah. and on yeah. offense, we've been struggling to run the ball, and that's probably well, their front seven is probably the strength of their team. Yep. So I would say my first matchup is the 49ers O line versus the Cowboys D line. We do have our weapons back. We have our defensive line back. I'm interested to see how Randy Gregory matches up with Trent Williams, who's probably the best left tackle in all of football. That's right. So, so yeah, but as for the skill positions, they have Debo Samuel and George Kittle. George probably being the best tight end and Debo Samuel being one of the best weapons in the league. So I need Trayvon Diggs and J. Ron Kirst to both win their matchups. And I obviously need the trenches to just ball out and play above themselves more so than they have been recently. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Hey, Debo, man, one thing we – man, one thing that scares me is 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 he is uh, – I think – is it behind – uh, Javante Williams behind Jonathan Taylor somewhere. I think he's in the top five, and he's a wide receiver at yards after contact. Yeah, that, yeah. and I actually wanted him in, in. I think it was the 2017 draft. I can't remember 2017 or 18, but yeah. I, I was campaigning for him heavy. I wanted that third wide receiver before you know the CD Lamb eventually came to. Boy, yeah, I know Dallas me, better. Me, hey, Dallas better be. Hey, they better come ready to bang, fellas. Hey, man, I'm gonna I, I think they are, man. I think they are. Let's got, go. Let me give, read you some numbers real, real quick. So, Samuel okay. has 1,088 receiving yards on 61 receptions. He also rushed 39 times for 269 yards, and he's only think, one of three up, players. I, I, I think those are outdated. I'm looking at them right now. He has uh, 77 receptions for 1,400. Oh, yeah, seven, one and four and five. And he also – well, he's one of three players. The thing that really got to me is the one of three players to have 1,000 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other the other two are Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. Ooh, that's good mm. company to be in, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but you know the thing with them though, that zone blocking scheme, though, guys. Like, yeah. okay, so so we all talk about the physicality, and I got what Bob's saying about that. Yeah. And I look, I agree, but I'm more worried about our offensive line's physicality than our defense against this this offense. Okay, because oh, because yeah. this offense for the for the 49ers, yes, they are physical and yes, they run the ball, but they run more of like a zone blocking scheme. It's not come downhill and smash you in the mouth and then you know kick you in the dirt and tell you bitch don't get up. It's yeah. not really like that. It, mm-hmm. It's like like the premise to it. It opens up holes and what it really is is a lateral running game and it allows the running back to like make one cut and run and go straight and go downhill. Well, mm-hmm. hey, you know when those holes are open, guess who the hell can come in the other direction? Micah. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you have a linebacker who runs a four three, 
Try running, a, try doing a zone blocking scheme against him. It doesn't fit very well, guys. It nope. doesn't. What you want to do with that guy is you want to mash him. You want to get him caught in the garbage. You want to get him caught with your offensive linemen getting stuck in places. Not running around freely trying to find holes that your running back is going to run into. Oh, and this predicated – this offense also predicates on getting a, a cutback. You know, like they, they move – they run everybody in a lateral, you know, blocking <laughs> scheme to the right, and they're depending yeah. on possibly getting a cutback and nobody yep. being on the left. Try that shit with Micah. Try it. Mm. See what happens. Yep. Yeah, to me, guys, we got to stop their run game. I mean, it's not even just – their actual running back Elijah Mitchell. They can bring Jeff Wilson. Jeff w- Wilson off the bench. Debo Jamaica Samuel. Hasty. Yeah, Hasty. <laughs> and yeah. Debo Debo Samuel, as good as he is a receiver, shit guys, he might actually be their best running back sometimes. Because Debo, you know, you, you know what Debo is. He's that guy in high school where he plays receiver, mm-hmm. but you know he's probably the, the he's probably also the team's best running back. Oh, and if you need uh, this done, he could probably do this. Oh, and he he, he could probably do this. Like, Debo's just a goddamn football player, you know? Yes. So, basically, uh, they just really just, just line them up all over the place. So, our defense needs to be just on the ball as far as just spotting well, where he is on is every that, play. That, Andres, but the other side of that is this. Look, I, look I'm not yeah. delusional to how good Debo Samuel is. But yeah, good. I, do, I do attribute some of his rushing success to the fact that Kyle Shanahan is a second-generation guru with the running game. His daddy used to give people in Denver no-name backs, thousand-yard um, seasons. Okay, yeah. all right, like, like dudes get got paid with him. I mean, Terrell Owen. I mean, Terrell. Uh, what was the running back's name? Terrell Davis. He was a yeah, second-round pick, wasn't he? Or, yeah. You know, something like that. So that's what I mean. Like some of that is manufactured on the offensive end because of the guru that the offensive coordinator is, and some yeah. of it is Debo Samuel's a bad boy because when he's coming out in the draft, I was there with you. But he wasn't really an outside type of receiver to go and dominate off the line of scrimmage. He was a slot receiver who had some some aggression to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he, he's a dog. He was a slot. Yeah, he's a dog. But at the same he's time, a dog. I got a comparison from somebody. Somebody was like, man, he's like a strong Tyreek Hill. No, he's not. No, he's not. All right. He runs a, he runs a high 4-4 to a low 4-5, not a 4-2-9. Absolutely. He's more like DJ Moore than he is Tyreek Yes, Hill. yes. He's more DJ Moore. Yes, exactly. But not exactly the route running coming off the line of DJ Moore either. Yeah. Well, I hope uh, JK's uh, hamstring is well enough to cover George Kittle, man. the One of the guys that yeah. we're, we're absolutely – well, not forgetting, but we haven't mentioned yet. But He's yeah, another dog, man. He's yeah, the best tight end in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yes, dude. Yes, dude. So not named Travis to- Kelsey. But he's, he's definitely going to have his hands full, man. So I hope that hamstring is healed up enough to to follow this guy around. Uh, yeah. If not, uh, Trey, he needs to he needs to do something matched up, or or even even Jordan Lewis, man. Because you know, I mean that's a that's a that's a hard task, man. But uh, overall, man, if if JK's hamstring is well, I think he I think he, he showed it. He showed and proved, man. A lot. I mean, he's step done for it. step, he stayed with Darren Waller. He stayed with Travis Kelsey. Travis I mean, Kelsey. On the, on, let's on go. The route running. I think yep. he'll be fine. George mm-hmm. Kittle is like Jason Witten in the sense of, you know, he blocks as good as he catches. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that that's that's the side where I think George Kittle is going to hurt us a bit. And then, you know, he'll sneak out into the flats and run a damn good route. So you're right. Yeah. Another guy is um, – another guy is uh, – shit, Brandon Ayuk, man. He's been coming – he's been coming yeah. along here lately, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. So Ayuk, I mean, they got Jawan Jennings who had a yeah. game, two touchdowns. I mean, they so, got some players, man. Yeah, so basically for the fans out there, man, who are who are who are saying, "Oh man, I I, I, I love that we're taking the 49ers right now, man." It, dude, it, it's about to get real, man. It's about to get real. 
Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not for lack of of talent, man. They they they've got it there. Uh, their quarterback is sus. Uh, but hey, man, they they got it, man. But uh, he looks so like Christopher from The Sopranos, bro. I can't get that out of my head. He looks like Christopher. From <laughs> the Sopranos. Facts, dog. Facts. Hey, but yeah, dude, I really want to see. I, what I really need to see though is is Neville Gallimore, Tristan Hill, and also Diggy Zua. I need them boys to yep. really do something the in the in the in the trenches against uh, Lakin Tomlinson and Alex Mack and 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 Daniel Brunskill, man, like. Those guys are like you said. Like you said, Mark uh, Trent Williams is is is. I mean, he's playing at a high level. I think he's going to have his hands full. Um, but yeah, dude, them guys in the middle, man, Lakin Thomason, Alec Mack, and and Daniel uh, Brunson, man, uh, Brunskill. Sorry, man. I think that's where where it starts at, man. We need to go in there, get physical, and bang with them boys, man. But one 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 thing also, two fellas, man, that I noticed is their secondary is trash if we can take a if we can take anything away or take um advantage of anything in this game man come on man josh norman come on dog we about to take you to a dark place isn't that no, amazing I, no, I, <laughs> you're, you're definitely right man but the, th- the thing on the other side of the ball that i don't want to you know just not a i don't want to avoid it because bob talked about it but we don't want to mm-hmm. just say this is the reason we're not scared of him but it is true jimmy g will give you the ball every once in a while guys Okay. Yo, sure will. Um, there's seven games where he threw a pick this season, and four of those games he threw two. So yeah. literally, he's going to give you two opportunities. Okay. Yep. yep. You know, literally, he will. So I mean, like, what did we say before early in the season? He's sloppy short. You know. So I mean, sometimes they just look to him to manage the game mm-hmm. and try to manage the game against somebody like Trayvon and get you pick six real quick. Yeah. The yes, facts. Facts, man. Seven touchdowns and six picks in his last five games. And he's been sacked 11 times. Oh, damn. Hey, do they yes, do sir. anything with Trey Lance in any packages? Because I didn't really see it the last that game they were playing the other night. They'll bring him in. But you know what's funny? And I'm, I'm not one to like question like an NFL coach. Well, I mean, I am. I question NFL coaches all the time. But Kyle Shanahan sometimes brings him in like with, at weird times. Like It'll be like a, like a third and three, which is, you know, I guess what you 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 would bring Lance in. But like the play that he runs, it's just like you brought him in for it's, that. Like, what are you doing? It, it's like so. It, it's more they bring him in and they're predicating it on some sort of bullshit play. Because I haven't really watched them as much. I mean, Trey Lance in college, they yeah. you know I know the the book on him. I know the mobility, the arm. You know, they he's supposed to be something special. But at the same time, they brought him in to take Jimmy G's job, and he didn't quite do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Well. All right, fellas. Well, y'all know what time it is. It's prediction time. But before we get there, man, Dreezy, hit us with some betting lines, dog. Yeah, guys. So the Cowboys are opening up as three-point favorites, which is pretty much the standard for the home team. Uh, it's looking like a 50-point over-under. Um, you know, and right now, thinking about it, you know, it's Monday afternoon. We got still six days of the game. I'm thinking it's going to be about a 30-23 to 23 type game. I think you, I think you should take the over for one. You know, we, we we do have two two good defensive teams, but we also got two offenses that when they get going, they can put some points up on the board. So I would take the over. I think the Cowboys are going to cover. And uh, as far as if, you know, guys that do daily fantasy, I would definitely look for guys like Schultz. Uh, I would I would take Cooper in this matchup. Uh, and I would on the, on the San Fran side, I would actually take uh, their their running back Mitchell to probably go for a solid 80 to 90 yards and a touchdown. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm with you, dog. Back, baby. This is playoff times, man. For anybody out there, man, listening who doesn't think that the Dallas Cowboys ain't coming to play, you must be out your rabbit ass mind. Boy, them boys is hype. They got a young lion leading the pack on defense, man. Dakota Reigns feeling it. You better believe it, man. I'm taking the over, mm-hmm. man. Sure but yeah, man. hey, man. My prediction, though, uh, I want to say somewhere in li- uh, along the lines of 35, maybe 25, man. You know? Mm. Um, I think uh, Cowboys, of course. Uh, we're we're talking about it uh, uh, next week, baby. Wild prediction, man. Woo. Wild prediction, man. I don't know. I think this shit's gonna get wild. I don't even have a wild prediction because I think it's about to get wild. It's playoffs. Don't got dude. a wild prediction. It's just gonna get wild. <laughs> we just gonna be. It's just gonna, we're gonna go crazy, man. <laughs> My wild prediction is Micah gets three sacks. Okay. Ooh, that's yeah. not wild anymore, though, man. I know, <laughs> I, I know. Like my wild predict, my wild prediction is is that the game is completely controlled by Micah, like completely, mm-hmm. like the run game is not existent for the Niners. I really don't see, like, look, man, Trayvon's going to be out there, J. Rod's going to be out there. Give me the receiver that scares you on a double move to Trayvon. There's yeah. not a one. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's all you're going to get roasted on with anything if he's gambling on anything. Okay, and he's not, and he's if, if Debo's lining up out there. I'll take that four or five against my boy any day. So really, I think we're about to come in and shut these boys down. I think it's going to be everybody realizing that we're here in the playoffs. This is going to be our stamp. This is going to be us kicking the door in and going, oh, y'all thought there were going to be a problem? Because this team is, they are tough. They are physical. They do run the ball, but that's about what they do. They are 10 and seven, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they are the second tier. They're part of the second tier teams that I was worried about. I was worried about the Bucks, Arizona, Green Bay, the Rams, this is more the second-tier team that I was worried about. And if we come to play, we, should ha- we shouldn't have a problem. Like if, we, if we come and we shit the bed, we still might win by a close game. <laughs> but, <laughs> Absolutely. You know? But the thing about it is I think we should beat this team. I, I have – look, man, I got Super Bowl aspirations. I'm delusional Mark over here, so whatever. Let's go. Let's go. Did it? Uh, I, I actually think – Gonna be one of those gritty, low-scoring, t- tough, grinded-out games. So you taking the under, huh? <laughs> uh, well, uh, he said the betting line was at fifty, right? Right it's under 50. It? fifty. Yes, yeah. right at yes, 50. sir. Yeah. Well, my final score is it adds up to exactly fifty because I got the Cowboys winning twenty-seven to twenty-three. And okay, yeah, I, I, and just like y'all, my bold prediction has to do with Micah. I think he gets the game-ending uh, strip sack as the other team is trying to go down and score the game-winning touchdown. So. Uh, I think a, a lot of people forget this 49ers team was just in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they have good coaching. They have a lot of good players. They're good in the trenches. So I think this is a lot tougher matchup than Thanks. a lot of people are giving a credit for. And, and But I still, obviously, I'm picking the Cowboys. We're going to win this game. We're going to move on and hopefully beat the hell out of Tom Brady next week. Hey, mm-hmm. Dylan, I got a brother-in-law that's a 49ers fan, so I haven't forgotten any of those times, okay? <laughs> All right? But, but let me tell you this, too. This is a different coaching staff that was there at that time. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. And the, this coaching staff, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a genius on the offensive end. I'm not taking anything away from him. And I, I know I sound kind of like the, the fan that Stern was talking about from the end of Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, like, don't take him too lightly. And I, I'm really not, but at the same time, like I said, this team to me is something a little different. It's not just go get into a fight with the Niners, squeak out of that one, go get into fights with somebody else, squeak out of that one. I don't see us that way right now. I really think this is going to be more 
um, Lakers from the early 2000 type of run. You get what I'm saying? So, I would love that. We can go 15 and 1. You and I would both love that. <laughs> Let's go. You know, you Let's know that one go. year where we swept the Spurs? Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh. No. Oh, yeah, no. man. I got a no, best friend who's a Niners fan. So for the past 15 years, I just get so much 49ers bullshit shoved at me, shoved down my throat. <laughs> I got a barber who is a Niners fan. Like, it's just Niners everywhere, dude. Is that Joel? Uh, no, not not Joel. He, he's hardcore Cowboys. But, Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. But 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 the young kid who's like his assistant or whatever, he's hardcore Niners. You know what I realized being in South Texas? Whenever you got somebody that's like hardcore Niners, hardcore Eagles, hardcore Giants, it's just because they hate the Cowboys so much. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> that's, yeah, it. That's, that's it. That's all it is. That's it. That's it. You're <laughs> like, you really like, you're like, come on, man. You're really a Giants Like, fan? you're really a Ravens fan? Okay, like, cool. Exactly. You're like, shut up, man. Like, all right, dude. Like, who's your who's the greatest player in the franchise history? Uh, uh, uh. uh yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, the Cowboys finished the twenty twenty one season twelve and five overall, ten and two in conference, six and own division. Outscored the NFC East opponents two hundred and forty to one hundred seven. Man, now we're postseason bound, dog. This Sunday, three thirty, CBS. Man, it's time to bring the wood. It's time to bang. It's time to show the world what we're all about, man. But you know how it goes, man. Hey, y'all know where y'all can find me. Adam Y, Talking Boys with the Boys on Twitter. Hey, fuck you and your crew. There you go. Everybody. <laughs> and I'm Mark D. You can find me at Mark D's Corner on Twitter. You know, on Facebook, Mark Delion. Hey, you know, people, it, it just seems like they're talking less and less shit to me. It's no fun anymore. It's okay. Y'all can come. It's okay. I'll be nice. It's okay. <laughs> They learned their lesson. <laughs> ah, let's go. All right. I'm Dylan Wilson. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan88Wilson. We in playoff mode right now, baby. So come hit the follow. Exactly. Yeah. You can find me at that boy Dreezy. I'm really a nice guy. So just hit that like. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> let's go. All right. Everybody out there, thank you for rocking with Talking Boys with the Boys. I holla. Yo, <laughs> hey. dude, Dylan, D- 